this is the media majors this is media majors i'm liam senior this is tom lockney tom jesus christ this is the this is the this is the this is gonna be the theme of the podcast you are singing over it never watched this is media majors Five episode five of Medium Majors. Yep, that's this is how we're gonna be talking the entire time. No, I'm just kidding. Do I hear ten thousand? Do I hear eleven? 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 <laughs> Have you seen the videos of um uh, auctioneers rapping? Do yes, yes, yes. Great. Oh my god, it's heaven. Uh, welcome back to the Media Majors Podcast, the podcast where I eat lunch, and, uh... <laughs> With no shirt on. Never well, wearing a shirt. I'm almost never wearing a shirt, but it's because it's really hot in New York, specifically my air conditionless apartment with a fan. Uh, I'm Liam Sr. And I'm Tom Lockney. I like movies and TV. And I like video games. And we're know-it-alls, and we tell each other stories to blow your mind, and maybe learn a thing or two. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna learn a lot today. I've Ooh. got a, I've got a great one for you. Let's 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 jump right in. Okay. So last week, it. you hit me with a story about a feud. Mm-hmm. A feud between two two women, and <laughs> two mighty women. And there's nothing better than the shade thrown between two bad bitches. I, I fucking love it. I go nuts for it. But the one thing that I love more is corporate shade, and that's why I'm talking about the lawsuit between Activision and former employees Vincent Zampella and Jason West. Are you familiar with any of these names? How much? Yeah, I know Activision. Okay, you know Activision. You know Jason, Jason West, Vince Zampella. Mm-mm. Well, you don't, but you do because they're the people who basically created Call of Duty. Oh my god. Yeah, right? Also, for the benefit of listeners who aren't super familiar with video games, I'm going to be throwing around some jargon. Just just a quick definition here. The difference between a publisher and a developer. Developers are the people who actually make the games. They type in the code. They make the models, the guns, the characters, what have you. The publishers are in charge of funding and distribution. Okay. So, just so we've got some definitions to just clear up what we're talking about here. No, that's good, because I didn't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. So, just to set the scene, it's uh, it's the, the late aughts, specifically around 2009, Modern Warfare 2 is about to come out. Bobby Kotick is the CEO, or, or the yeah, he's the CEO of uh, Activision, and everybody fucking hates this guy's guts. Because he's done a lot of interviews where he said a lot of unpopular, controversial shit. The one most damning quote was i think link should talk always (laughs) link should always talk he should always have his dick out for harambe (laughs) his most damning quote was i want to take the fun out of making video games and and why would you say that i know he makes he made a huge ass of himself and he kind of killed the the celebrity ceo in gaming for a very long time uh tim schaefer has publicly called him a dick Oh my it was God. like, I understand he has a responsibility to his shareholders, but he doesn't have to be such a dick about it. Mm-hmm. Liam, you, being the movie guy, might actually recognize him from his appearance in Brad Pitt vehicle, Moneyball. Oh, I haven't seen that. He ha- he landed a small role in two scenes because he was friends with the director, Bennett Miller. Mm. Was he the Moneyball? Uh, no, he was... I, maybe? I haven't seen the movie either. He's the CEO who's in charge of funding Brad Pitt's team. Well, Moneyball... Is about a ball made of money. And of all the tricks of the trade it learns. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. And it explodes like that time Randy Jackson killed a bird. <laughs> Have you seen the video? Oh my fucking god, it's incredible. Randy Jackson throws like one of his fucking 90 mile an hour gunner pitches and a dumb idiot bird just happened to be flying by. Oh, I have seen that. I thought you meant Randy Jackson from American <laughs> Idol. <laughs> Randy Jackson does kill birds, but that's because he's a cockfighter. And every time he does, he's like... Yo, real pitchy dog. <laughs> uh, on the other side of this lawsuit, Zampella West, they're, they're uh, beloved, if not controversial figures for creating Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They're, they're developer celebrities. and They're the first developer celebrities in a very long time since folks like John Romero and John Carmack. I'm fucking up Romero's first name, I think. Whatever, not important. But they're celebrated. They're the heads of developer Infinity Ward who are being published by Activision. 
and they're just like they're on the fucking top of their game. They're on the top of the world. Modern Warfare 2 releases in November 2009. Oh I'm my God. sure I don't have to tell you how lucrative Jesus. that game was. I never played it, but because I'll, because I had, you know, five friends with Xboxes, I didn't need to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so you'd think that having created one of the biggest money-making franchises in it, literally in entertainment. Call of Duty is is the most Well, it's like the it's like Star Wars. Like it's like the video game equivalent of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the most purchased pirated piece of entertainment of all time, better than movies, better than anything. More than Game of Thrones? More than Game of Thrones. Holy it is, shit. It it, uh, it this this thing is capital incarnate. <laughs> So, this comes out in November 2009, and then in March of 2010, Zampella and West are fired. Holy, what? Yep. And now, just so just so I can remember, what did they do on Call of Duty? Like, what were their titles, exactly? Creative director, or... I, you know what? I, I don't know. They were, <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing I should have looked up. In this th- in this informative podcast, yeah, in this knowledge based podcast, they are they are the leads of the developer. They have final say on uh, the mechanics, on the creative direction. They're responsible for specifically like the multiplayer in particular. Like they didn't okay. write the story, but no, no. But they were like, hey, we're gonna do a modern shooter, and we'll, we'll get to that. The, some of the influence they may have had a little bit later. So so. You don't have the title, but you have an idea of the, the, the sway that they held over their own company. Yes. Uh, this was sort of the end of growing tension between them and Activision, and this is going to be the first of many, many quotes that I have here because they're all fucking perfect. Love it. West, quote, Well, Activision wanted us to make another World War II game, so that'd be an example of when we pushed for something creatively. So when they fought Activision, mm-hmm. uh, this was this was back when World War II games were like all over the place. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, everywhere. Continuing quote, and now they have billions of dollars they didn't have before. We're such jerks. <laughs> Amazing. We're such dicks for giving them all this free money. So they're called to Activision headquarters, not knowing they're going to be fired. They're escorted by security into a conference room where a man with a briefcase says, Hey, fuckos, you're out. My God. You're gone. They're told, Hey, you, you can't return to your office. You're not allowed to talk to your coworkers. And you're not getting your $36 million bonus. What? Yeah, yeah. Activision, Activision claimed that they had violated their contract and colluded with EA, Activision's rival publisher. They publish franchises like Battlefield. So, long story short, don't fuck with a man's cheddar. Don't fuck with somebody's cheddar. Don't fuck with their cheddar. Never. Don't fuck with their bread. Don't fucking take away the 30 million bonus. Because within the week, within the week, Weston Zampella sued Activision for wrongful termination, requesting the 36 million, among other damages. In reaction to being fired like this, quote West, I was speechless in my head. This was the moment when everyone was supposed to go home in a limousine. Instead, we were eating the seed corn and they were taking all of the money. Wow. He apparently, and this is this is this is all from a Vanity Fair article, great article. He went home and got drunk to cope. <laughs> hey man, do what you gotta do. Activision countersues for guess guess how guess how much? Guess how much they countersue for? Thirteen dollars. <laughs> You are so close. It was 12. Ah, 12 bucks. That was my second guess. 12 bucks, because Bobby Kotick really wanted to buy a used copy of Final Fantasy XIII. He really wanted a pack of baseball cards. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, guess. Vincent Simpel is suing these fuckers for 36 mil. How much do you think, how much do you think Activision is counter-suing for? 250 million. <sighs> That's small potatoes, man. This is Bobby Kotick we're talking about here. How much is he counter-suing for? One... Billion Shut up. dollars. How does that even Holy work? Fucking shit. What an asshole. They implied uh, EA involvement uh, when when asked to comment on the the lawsuit and the the accusations being leveled by Activision. A spokesperson from EA said, "Quote: We don't have time to comment on the many lawsuits Activision files against <laughs> its employees and creative partners. This is that good good." corporate shade and we're mm-hmm. about to get some more so Kotick, in response goes fuck these guys and says ea is struggling to which ea apparently did not take kindly to this and put out a statement saying Kotick's relationship with studio talent is a we- is well documented in litigation 
His company is based on three game franchises. One is a fantastic, persistent world he had nothing to do with. That's World of Warcraft, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One is in Steep Decline, Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. And the third is in the process of being destroyed by Codex Hubris. Amazing. Fucking savage. Quote, Sampella. They say that Modern Warfare 3 would have been a much better game and would have made $700 million more million for them, and they want us to pay that. West, continuing the quote. We deprived them of our services by being fired, and therefore, we owe them money. <laughs> These guys are funny. Oh yeah, they're great. They're, they're fucking hilarious. Uh, just just for context, by the way, Modern Warfare 3 did fine, broke records. Uh, I'm sure Activision, like, th- hypothetically lost money on it because it was not as well-received as Modern Warfare 2. But also, like, come on, guys. Activision gets personal calls, West and Zampella, small-minded executives who were motivated by envy and personal greed. Nope. And then they buckle down on the EA collusion and actually level a lawsuit against EA as well. Are you kidding me? This is this is this is an angry, pissed off toddler kind of swinging. And by the way, like I'm I'm shitting on Activision, but we're gonna get to the kind of shady shit that Weston Zampella have been up to as well. Oh great! <laughs> Activision claims specifically that Weston Zampella conspired with EA to engineer their own firing. What? Because after leaving Activision, Weston Zampella formed uh, Respawn which people might know for making Titanfall. Great game. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And that's an EA-funded developer. Bobby Kotick, again, inserts himself into the situation. Good for Bobby. The things they did, I would go to jail if I did them. No, you wouldn't. Are you sure, Bobby? You're the CEO of a major company. Like, Blackwater straight up murdered people, and they're still a thing. They have a different name, but nobody went to jail for the things that Blackwater did. No executives, anyways. What is Blackwater? Blackwater was that private military company that was exercising indiscretion with who it was murdering in the Middle East and was up to a lot of shady shit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's starting to sound familiar. Yeah. So they're they're really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. And and again, uh, like it's strange that Bobby Kotick keeps pushing himself into this because EA is putting spokespeople they're they're representing themselves as a corporation and bobby kotick is kind of the face and spokesperson of activision which is strange and and why he took so much flack because he was so bad at being a public face yeah seriously that being said wes and zampella weren't necessarily above corporate sabotage Uh uh-oh in the in the course of the lawsuit it came to light that uh they were accused of deliberately sabotaging their sister developer Treyarch. Uh, if if you don't know, since Call of Duty's on a annual release model, mm-hmm. Treyarch will spend two years developing uh, Call of Duty Three, World at War, Black Ops, Black Ops Two, Black Ops Three, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then in the interstitial, Infinity War mm-hmm. develops Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two, Modern Warfare Three. So it's like an every other year they have two years to develop. It gives mm-hmm. them a little more time. Which do fans prefer, the Treyarch or the other guy? In, initially, it was Infinity Ward, and then and now the the prevailing bias is towards Treyarch, and and I would actually be inclined to agree. I think Treyarch makes really really good games. Yay! But back before Modern Warfare Two came out, Infinity Ward released the promo video, which was just like the vocalization of like "Remember No Russian" or some shit like that. On the same day that Treyarch put out the World at War promo video for some DLC, and this was an intentional move, apparently, an alleged text from West uh, told the employee instructed to upload the uh, Modern Warfare promotional video to, quote, crush and destroy. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. These guys are known for being kind of assholes. I can tell. They were apparently just generally rude people. They'd skip meetings, insult managers. Uh, They actually hung up on the vice chairman of Activision once. Ah, Wes. And one other interesting detail that's that's sort of up for speculation because it's kind of wishy-washy. Back in 2002, Weston Zampella helped create uh, Medal of Honor Allied Assault while working for 2015 Studios. They left as the game came to completion and began sapping talent from the developer. Does this sound familiar? Oh boy. The game Medal of Honor came out January 22nd by uh, January 20th. So the game hadn't even come out yet. 27 people resigned from 2015 studios to join Wes and Zampella at their new EA-funded studio. 
again, a lawsuit came out of this, but lots of people don't know and don't talk about it as much. It's kind of shady. It's it's strange, but also it's not totally uncommon in this industry. There's a lot of turnover. Developers finish projects, move on, and Wes and Zampella are clearly charismatic dudes who like being the creative leads on things. So uh, it's possible that they were shitty, not as a personal move, as a professional one, but that's still kind of shitty. Yeah. It's not conspiratorial, but it's, you know. It doesn't look good. Yeah, it's ethically gray. Now, uh, back to Activision, because I've been shitting on Wes and Zampella. So let's go back to shitting on Activision. Activision pulled out a live barrel of puppies and drowned them and said, Wes and Hampton can suck my dick. That would have been better, to be honest with you. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm shitting on Activision because they made it really, really, really easy. During the court case, something, uh, 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 project came to light called Project Icebreaker. Okay, that doesn't sound good. It was a clandestine project designed specifically to dig up dirt on West and Zampella. That, That also doesn't sound good. I should note it was sent by Weston Zampella's PR, legal PR, to journalist Patrick Klepek. He does great work now at Vice Gaming. But when asked for comment, Activision never said anything about the documents sent to Klepek, so he ran with them. And Activision's silence is sort of telling in this case. I'd say. Paging Dr. Watergate. This was a attempt to remove Weston Zampella from Activision prior to M- uh, Modern Warfare 2's release. Activision legal officer George Rose instructed then Activision... Sorry, Activision legal officer? Yep. They're a corporation. They got a... Activision legal officer. Oh, man, Rook. I gotta tell you. I've been the Activision legal officer for 13 years. I've seen things you wouldn't believe break room was dirty one time. I've seen developers having sex with their computers. <laughs> I didn't even know you could put a USB in there. It charges the phone, believe it or not. It works. It works. Probably seen a lot of coke. <laughs> a cola in the break room. Oh yeah, for sure. Activision legal officer George Rose instructed then Activision director of IT uh, Thomas Fennedy to gain act- access to West and Zampella's email, voicemail, and computer without their knowledge. Listen, I'm above the law. <laughs> I am the legal officer of Activision. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, uh, I'd like to buy two Uzis, uh, an AK-47, a pipe bomb, and this katana. And I'll be putting everything on my Activision company credit card. I'm the legal officer. <laughs> We just hired this excellent, excellent upstart named Edward Snowden. I love him. I love his attitude. I've been reading a lot about Chancellor Hitler. That Julian Assange is a pretty good guy. His hair is so majestic. It is. It is. It looks like it looks like the tail. Uh, it looks like a, a bunch of snow wolves running in the breeze. It's beautiful. It looks like silk. I'd like to murder him and wear it as a pelt. A couple of choice quotes from uh, George Rose. <laughs> yes. Read them Read them in our George Rose voice. We're sick of dealing with these guys. They're egos. They're difficult to work with. We just want to get rid of them. I'm so happy. We sound like Roz from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Don't get caught doing it. <laughs> oh, my literally, God. Literally the George Rose. What are you doing? doing it. <laughs> do you think... Do you think he comes back home and his wife's like, long day at the office? Ah, you wouldn't believe it. I get worried when you don't call. I don't, I don't know when you're in the line of duty, you might get hurt or shy. No, don't worry, Barbara. I'll always make it home in time. I never get caught. I never get caught. The fucking blues don't got the, shit on the me. The milkman peers out from a closet and goes back inside. The milkman's fucking George Rose's wife. Why are you asking me so many questions? Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. Fuck you, that's my name. <laughs> oh, man. Did he really say that? Don't get caught doing it? Yeah. Yes, that is a direct Amazing. quote. Provided from Fennedy. During Jesus. during the court proceedings, I believe. It, this Our voice, by the way, is not like totally inaccurate here. Listen to this fucking following quote. Bobby will take care of you. Don't worry about repercussions. <laughs> Don't worry about repercussions? <laughs> Also, the Bobby will take care of you. Like, he's That's some fucking beautiful. mafioso. Like, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. 
Don Corleone protects his own. Don't fucking worry about it. I wonder what mall security guard incident happened to George Rowe, where he became this, like, failed trying for the cops. That that motherfucker was Seth Rogen in Observe and Report, or whatever the fuck. Paul Blart Mall Cop 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also, also, just a quick note, like, while I was, while I was doing investigation on this, I was like, maybe, maybe, like, they signed a contract and Activision has access to their, uh, uh could, like, legally be in the clear accessing their emails, but the fact that, I just want to clarify, the fact that George Rose is specifically saying, don't get caught doing it, mm-hmm. that seems wicked fucking illegal. Mm-hmm. I still can't get over the fact that a video game company has to have a legal officer. As far as rhetoric goes, Fennedy was instructed specifically to find dirt, not incriminating shit, but dirt. Are you kidding me? Go outside. Oh, oh, no, you meant, okay, okay. (laughs) That was my bad. Well, I think that that has some implications for uh, Activision's stance that they were looking for a collusion with EA, because if, if they were looking for a collusion with EA, then they'd be looking for, like, hey, find incriminating stuff, not find dirt, find something that we can fire these guys with. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's sketchy. We want to fire these guys. Find that. They actually called Microsoft in an attempt to get them uh, to help with the quote-unquote hacking. <laughs> Bill Gates is like, who is this? Microsoft's response was, do you have a court order? This makes us very uncomfortable. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, like Microsoft, the evil corporation of evil corporations, is like, whoa, guys, I think you might be crossing a line here. One angle of this plan actually was to stage fake fumigations and fire drills in order to break into their computers while they were out. Are you kidding me? Like, holy fucking that shit, my dude. That is such court... Jesus Christ. Unfucking believable Eventually, and I would suspect in light of all this pretty damning evidence, the 36 mil figure from Weston Zampella's initial lawsuit uh, rose to $1 billion under the pretense of future earnings having been robbed from them for being unlawfully terminated or unfairly terminated. Uh, also, I would bet that this was a dick measuring contest with Activision because yeah. it was like, oh, one billion? All right, check. Checkmate. Check and raise. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Activision panicked. They settled with EA, like, immediately, out of court. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, listen. Just, just forget all about it. It was just a joke, okay? We're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. I know we called you, I know we called you small-minded and envious and greedy. No, no, and... no, no, it was out of context, out of context. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah. We love the Harry Potter games. I know we accused you of corporate subterfuge, but it's chilling. Well, Don't worry about it. Water sorry. under the bridge. We're very sorry. We're so Sorry. Oh my god, we're so sorry. He is a cheesecake Barbara made. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so sorry we tried to illegally hack into your emails. Fucking unreal. They paid the bonus the the bonuses that they had been up to this point denying of expat of expat talent uh so the people that uh Weston Zampella poached from Activision Infinity Ward uh to work with them at Respawn Studios. They paid him 42 mil no questions asked. <laughs> like, went from, fuck these people, we're not paying them money, fuck them, they're part of a, a corporate scheme against us, too. Hey, here's your here's your $42 million in bonuses. Here's that money we forgot to give you. And then they ended up, and this is the end of the story, settling for uh, the speculative amount of tens of millions outside of court with Weston's empire. Jesus. Uh, anybody who wants to read more about this, do some quick Google searches. Also, there's a fucking amazing fan, a Vanity Fair write-up about it. It's called Modern Warfare by Vanity <laughs> Fair, written by Max Chafkin. Uh, that's Chafkin with a... We'll put it in the episode description. Yeah. And there's also a great interview with Weston Zampella at Game Informer that you can read. Weston Zampella sound off on upcoming Activision lawsuit that happened uh, very uh, right before Activision settled out of court. Nice. So that's my story. I, I think I think I successfully blew your mind a little. Oh bit. yeah, no, this is crazy. That was fucking nuts. That was nuts. Hold on, we're gonna take a quick break. So it's funny that you did a feud because. Another feud story. Awesome. Love that shit. Pull a weave out. Yeah, oh. It's it's feudal. 1922. Mickey Mouse rolls into our lives and into our hearts. Uh, in the 20s and 30s and 40s, Disney and Warner Brothers were basically going at it in the cartoon game. 
Warner Brothers had Looney Tunes, Disney had their whole cast of characters starting in 22 with Mickey Mouse. And yeah, they, they had their own distinct philosophies. Uh, Disney was all about wholesome family entertainment, stuff the whole family could enjoy. Warner Brothers was more pop culture references, adult jokes that the kids couldn't get. Every time Elmer Fudd would like see a pretty girl and go sproing, like it was a dick joke. Like yeah. uh, Bugs Bunny would dress in drag all the fucking time. Like they were they were having fun. They're much more they were they were jazz. Disney was classical. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So that's part zero. So Jeffrey Katzenberg was born December twenty first, nineteen fifty, in New York, a Jewish family, and he began his career as an assistant producer to David Picker. And then he became an assistant to Barry Diller, the chairman of Paramount Pictures. Diller moved Katzenberg to mar the marketing department, followed by other assignments within the studio, until he was assigned to revive the Star Trek franchise, which resulted in Star Trek The Motion Picture and the various sequels. Are we talking the J.J. The the Abrams? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're talking, we're talking like... The, the movie, the movie with Kirk. Word. So, before the J.J. Abrams movies, it was every odd movie, odd numbered Star Trek movie is shit, and the even ones are good. Um, and he did the first one and got that whole franchise rolling again. And Star Trek had been off the air for a while, so. And he continued to work his way up until he became president of production under Paramount's president and the other person in this story, Michael Eisner. Ooh, an antagonist? Oh, yes. Good, good, good. Definitely the antagonist. So this story is nuts. Michael Damon, although I want it to be Deman, Michael Deman Eisner <laughs> was born March 7th, 1942. Uh, he had two brief stints at NBC and CBS before Barry Diller at ABC hired Eisner as an assistant to the national programming director. Uh, Eisner moved up the ranks, eventually becoming senior vice president in charge of programming and development, and in 76, Diller, who had by then moved on to become chairman, because two years before he hired Katzenberg, uh, recruited Eisner from ABC and made Eisner president and CEO of Paramount. During his tenure, him and Katzenberg released such hits as Saturday Night Fever, Grease, the Star Trek franchise, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Beverly Hills Cop, as well as the TV shows Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Cheers, and Family, Family Ties. Holy fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. Royal flush, yo. So, oh. Oh, wait. So. That was just the 70s. That was them just throwing ideas around. Damn. Wait till you hear this, because we're going to go back in time in a little sec in a second. Diller left okay. Paramount in 1984, and his protege, Eisner, this is really important, so I'm going to repeat this part again. Barry Diller, who hired both Eisner and Katzenberg, he left Paramount in 1984. And Eisner, who was his protege, he was the number two, expected to assume Diller's position as studio chief. He was passed over the job, and he left Ooh. to become CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, hey, when God when God closes the door, he opens a big fucking window. So he he goes from Paramount to literally one of the six corporations that control the world. In 1966, Walt Disney died, but not before not before saying Kurt Russell, right? Something like that. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt. Miracle. When I die, I'm going to talk about Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, fuck. When I die, bury me in snake pliskin clothing. And and bury me in satin. When I die, put me with put me with Kurt Russell's skeleton or a little spoon. Aww. But dress him up like McCready from The Thing. <laughs> Perfect. So since the death of founder Walt Disney, the company had narrowly survived several takeover attempts. The shareholders, Sid Bass and Roy E. Disney, brought in Eisner as CEO and chairman of the board, and former Warner Brothers chief Frank Wells as president to replace Ron Miller in 84 and strengthen the company. So Eisner is at the top, and Frank Wells is his number two. This is also very important. Okay. So in 84, he becomes the CEO of Disney, and he brought Katzenberg with him to take charge of Disney's motion picture division Damn, in 1984. Yeah. So what happens, Tom, what happens in four years? Sorry, five years. 89. Y2K. In 89. JFK is killed. The Disney Renaissance starts. You know more about movies than me. Remember this. <laughs> I know, but before, well, I just that's when The Little Mermaid comes out, and that changed everything. That changed yeah, then everything. it was okay to be like, yo, let's throw this sixteen-year-old bitch in our movie and and make it cool to, to have sex with her. Oh yeah, no, we'll get into. I hate The Little Mermaid, but but, but it's important. So before they did that, though, before the before that, he bas he created Touchstone Pictures, or not created, but he realized that under they could make adult-oriented movies still secretly owned by Disney through the Touchstone Pictures. So they made films like Three Men and a Baby and Good Morning Vietnam. So still, okay. at Disney, 
making hits. Hmm. In 87, Disney had, Disney had become the number one studio at the box office. Katzenberg also oversaw Touchstone Television and helped make the Golden Girls in Home Improvement. What the fuck, dude? We're not even, we're not even at the fucking Renaissance yet. Jesus fucking Christ. So, the Disney Renaissance is... Hot shit gets hot. Hot shit gets real hot. So, basically what happened is, after Disney died, it kind of hit a slump in the movies. Um... He died with 17% of... Oh, sorry. 17% of the animators just left also after he died. Fuck. And they were on the yeah. middle of making The Fox and the Hound. And Don Jeez. Bluth left to start his own company, which we're going to go into in the Whoa. future. Because Don Bluth is the fucking man. Yeah, um, yeah. So, through the 80s, Disney just, like, couldn't get it together. They released an okay movie called The Great Mouse Detective. But they released The Black Cauldron with Sucks. And it, it just got bad. Did they also release Pete's Dragon in the 80s? No, 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 no. Pete's Dragon was way well before. Disney was alive for Pete's Dragon. Okay. So the animation department was dying. So then Spielberg, who had worked with Don Bluth for An American Tale in the Land Before Time, again, we'll go into it, w- produced Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which combined... Disney characters with WB characters. So this was in the 80s. Katzenberg and Eisner were a big part of this. Um, I might do an episode on Who Framed Roger Rabbit just because it's so interesting, the contract that Warner Brothers and Disney hammered out so that they could put all these characters in a movie together. Um, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny appear for the exact same amount of time. That's that's incredible. I love that movie. Oh, it's an incredible movie. It's uh, Also... Quick shout out, anybody who likes that movie and likes that world, you should check out Amanda uh, Lafernay. She does a webcomic called Love Me Nice that takes a lot of inspiration from that. Like a world cool. where toon characters live with real life characters and it's really fucking great. Uh, and I'll just not uh, recommend something right now. Uh, there's a great comic called Three Fingers, which is a documentary as a comic um, about cartoon characters as if they were real actors. And it is dark. So, Roger Rabbit is really important because it's also how Spielberg met Jeffrey Katzenberg. We'll get back to that in a little bit. So, they've been trying to make The Little Mermaid since the 30s, and after 88, after the huge success of Roger Rabbit, they decided that it was time to make an animated musical, but with a more Broadway feel. So, they got Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, who had worked on Little Shop of Horrors, and they released The Little Mermaid, which did better than the Bluth movie All Dogs Go to Heaven, which they were... We'll do a whole Disney versus Bluth, but they were like... So then they basically from 88 to 99 is considered the Renaissance period. That's when Disney releases their home runs. Rescue is Down Under, which is underrated, but if you haven't seen, fucking amazing. Yeah, great movie. Eisner and Katzenberg were behind it. That was like a defining movie of my childhood. Beauty, fucking fantastic. Beauty and the Beast, my, the, which is like, it was fucking nominated for an award, and it's about a giant beast and a talking teapot. Uh, they make that. Aladdin, Lion King, Nightmare Before Christmas, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and then finally, Tarzan. Wow, I mean, what the fuck? These are all made in the Renaissance era. They they were in the Renaissance era before Pixar was even a thing. So they were hitting it out of the park before that's they even bought unreal. Pixar. That's like, that's like, oh, I got a royal flush. Oh, then I got a straight. Oh, then I, then I got a straight flush. Oh, then I got a fucking, oh, oh, I, like, there, there aren't even, like, five aces. Then I got five fucking aces and nobody even called me on it. Like, fuck, that's fucking incredible. Fucking, fucking, fuck, that's fucking incredible. Fuck. Well, so, Michael Eisner's name is on all those movies. Katzenberg dropped off right after Pocahontas. On Easter Sunday, 1994, Frank Wells, Michael Eisner's number two, and his close friend, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Yo, Jesus. Oh, you know my friend, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh, uh, this is my buddy, Clint. Uh, oh, Clint Eastwood. Sorry. He's, uh, I forget that everyone knows who he is. It's just me, he's just my racist buddy, Clint. I'm really fucking terrified to be friends with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that does not sound like a friendship and more just like a gruff grunt. Yeah, like, like you're, you get to stand around him by happenstance on a regular basis and he doesn't fucking break your neck. So they went on a helicopter trip to go skiing, and they wanted to go on untouched powder, 
and they were ready to return to the lodge, so Eastwood went ahead in the helicopter, while Wells and some friends decided to ski more and take a, sh- uh, a second chopper, and they all die. Whoa! You, whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the engine failed, and the second chopper crashed into the hillside. Oh, sorry. Holy One was shit. gravely injured but survived, but Wells was dead. So Wells' death stunned the industry and instantly created a vacuum in the Hollywood hierarchy. The number two under the CEO at Disney has just died. And the, oh, sorry, it wasn't Pocahontas. The Lion King was the last one with both of their names on it. The Lion King had just opened and was the be- like the best in the string of hits. And then Michael Eisner fired Jeffrey Katzenberg. Although, some people say that Katzenberg quit because, regardless, Eisner did not give Katzenberg the position. Now, you'll remember, when their mentor Barry Diller left Paramount, and Eisner was thought he was going to get the next up position, he got passed over. So he did the same thing to Katzenberg. God damn. Do we have a reason why they pass over these people? or, or they is, hate, I, I believe it they is just they hate each other? hated each other. I think what happened was they had had a good relationship. Well, so the, there's an basically they started suing the shit out of each other. Katzenberg, in an interview, said on the day in August in 1994, he was told by Eisner he's no longer wanted. And Katzenberg said he made two requests. One was to part amicably, and the other was that Eisner personally ensure that Katz- Katzenberg was paid the bonus Disney owed him. He wasn't. Katzenberg said he reminded Eisner that his concerns were similar to those Eisner's had when he left Paramount. So he's like, he even brings up, dude... This happened to you. I want him to understand that I was in the same position he was in 10 years earlier, said Katzenberg, who appeared uncharacteristically nervous during his testimony. After he was forced out, Katzenberg testified and he had two meetings with Eisner, one in which Eisner came to my home to make peace. Katzenberg said he reminded Eisner that he had asked him to personally make sure he got what he was entitled to, and Eisner told him there was ambiguity in the language of the contract. If some motherfucker who fucked me came over to my fucking house to fucking make peace, I would have stabbed that. I would have stabbed. I would have. Sta- I would have cut a bitch. I would have fucking cut a bitch. So it's also said that up until Kaiser, uh, Katzenberg left, he was responsible for like eighty percent of what would go into like the movies too. Eisner added, according to Katzenberg, that if Katzenberg behaved himself in a couple of weeks, he would revisit the situation. Behaved himself. Oh, that's just cruel. Asked to explain. Eisner wasn't happy with the press the company was getting in the wake of the studio chief's departure and that Eisner blamed Katzenberg for it. Um, you fired him, butt munch. <laughs> you fucking fired him and your number two died in a helicopter crash. None of this is Katzenberg's fault. Jesus fucking Christ. That's dark, man. That's dark. Listen to this. Katzenberg then described a more contentious meeting with Eisner in which he visited the Disney chief in his office and tried to hand him a copy of a deal memo from 88 that described his contract terms. Taking issue with Eisner's contention that the contract language was ambiguous, Katzenberg said he told Eisner that it was so clear that his 11-year-old twins could understand it. Eisner refused to accept the paper, and Casper said he stood up from his desk and literally backed away. Eisner gave the paper to, the, to Disney's lawyer and then invited him to leave his office. Never heard from again. You're going to love the ending of this. Oh, good, 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 good. So, have you heard of DreamWorks? I don't... I've heard of dreams, and I've heard of works. works. <laughs> now, pic, picture this. Both of those together. Holy shit. Does anybody right? have this? Does anybody have this? this Unfortunately, copyright? yes. Fuck. See, DreamWorks, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but the full company name is actually DreamWorks SKG. Yes, I actually have. Well, do you know what that stands for? Fuck no. <laughs> it stands for Spielberg, Katzenberg, and David Geffen. And David Geffen is literally not important whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Just not, like, totally doing his own thing. It's rumored he has a sec- he was secretly married to Keanu Reeves, but... <laughs> that had better fucking be a story on this goddamn podcast. So, after Katzenberg was fired... He came to Geffen and Spielberg, and he was like, man, I can't fucking believe I got fired. Like, I cannot believe, or like, I can't believe I didn't get the job. I had to leave Disney. We were making nothing but hits. And he was like, how about we, we should try to make a hybrid live action animation studio. No one's tried to do that. And they agreed on three conditions. They would make fewer than nine movies a year. They would be free to work for other studios if they chose they would go home in time for dinner. 
Uh, DreamWorks SKG was officially founded in 1994 with the financial backing of $33 million from each of the three partners and $500 million from Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen. So, I don't know if you know this, but around two years later, Pixar would come into play. And then mm-hmm. nine years after that, Disney would buy Pixar. And do you know who was a big producer of Pixar? Um, Steve Jobs. So, Microsoft was supporting DreamWorks. And Apple is supporting Pixar. Ooh, there's blood in the water. I like it. There's blood in the water. I can smell it. I'm a fucking shark. I'm a shark. I'm a feud shark. I can smell the blood in the water, and I want to fucking... I want to tear into some of that juicy gossip. You're the Demogorgon. Hey, everybody. It's your good friend Tom here. Just letting you know that we're about to spoil a major, major plot point from Netflix program Stranger Things. Now, if you would like that to not be spoiled for you... I'd recommend that you skip to 4157. Sound good? Good. Great. Thanks. Love ya. Bye. I'm the fucking Demogorgon. Mmm. Fuck Barb. Team anti-Barb. What? No! No! You're anti-Barb? Barb will live on forever. Justice for Barb. Barb, okay, I'll give you Barb. Barb was was fucking dope. She was a bad bitch, but she didn't fucking and she didn't not she did not deserve what she got. But she was such a shitty friend. She was oh yeah 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 no she was de- also, yeah yeah yeah. Hey, hey Barb, go to the fucking hospital. Don't just like morosely bleed into a. Okay, pool. that's fair. She, look, she makes mistakes because she is imperfect. But Barb is every one of us, and. Uh, Barb's death will not be forgotten. Oh, huge spoilers for Stranger Things. (laughs) Go watch Stranger Things if you have. Yeah, I've already seen the whole thing twice. Barb dies, which is a bummer, but also fuck Barb. But also, Barb's aight. Barb's awesome. I mean, she's no... But also, watch fucking Stranger Things, you fucking animal. She's no Hopper or Eleven or Dustin or Lucas or Joyce or Jonathan or or Nancy or Steve. stellar cast. Or Jesus. Karen or Will. Am I forgetting anybody, Jane? Mike. Mike. The dad. The dad? Oh, the dad. Yes. Yes. This episode. This. Oh, the science teacher. Very important. This episode has a special guest and future upcoming guest, uh, Jane. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, she's going to tell I'm us excited. a Kardashian story one day. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd be excited. I'm- I love to keep up with the Kardashians. Oh, awesome. Okay. Uh, We're very excited for it. So, they made uh, The Peacemaker and Mouse Hunt and Amistad, which is Spielberg's film about African slave rebellion, and it's fucking hard to watch. And then they also made Ants and Prince of Egypt. So they were doing pretty well, and then they eventually were getting Academy Awards for American Beauty, Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind, and a little movie called Shrek. Ooh. Bring on the memes. Yeah, this is where the story I'm building up to. This is where is is this about is this is this story about uh, how popular fan art of Shadow the Hedgehog fucking Shrek is? No, but you sh- we should do a whole weird fan art thing. Like, oh, I would I love, love for you to do a, a history of Sonic the Hedgehog memes episode. There's a lot of interesting uh, fan fiction legality history that I could dive into. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. So, I hate the first Shrek movie. Not hate, but I, I don't like it. I think it's really icky and mean-spirited. But Joan Jett and, and le- onions and layers right. and memes. Uh, the second one's amazing. Uh, yeah, the second one's But I don't great. know if you know this. Shrek is just a gigantic middle finger to Disney from start to finish. Really? And they were really, oh, dude, now you have all the context. So, we'll start with the basics. It is basically the plot of Aladdin. A protagonist who doesn't really come from much lies about who he is to save a princess who he falls in love with, backed by a wisecracking magical creature voiced by a famous comedian. Holy shit. Mm hmm. Street rat, I don't buy that. that. Mm. I can show Such you the music. world. Shine and shimmer and splendor. Oh, my terrible Peebo Bryson impression. Okay. Um. April Jam. The Eddie Vedder. I like to do Eddie Vedder singing Les Mis. Okay. If I ever sing off pitch, I just say that I'm Russell Crowe singing Les Mis. Jane doesn't think Russell Crowe is that bad in Les Mis. 
He's not that bad, but he's also pretty bad. Okay, so Shrek opens with all the public domain Disney characters being arrested. Oh, it's generally right. a fuck you to princess, uh, the princess culture in general. Cinderella, Snow White, they're all name dropped and made fun of. When they go to Duloc, there's that welcome to Duloc, such a perfect town. Now we have some rules, let us lay them down. I thought I could do all of it. That's all making fun of Disneyland. Duloc is making fun of Disneyland. Specifically, it's a small world after all. And then the most important one, Farquaad is based off of Michael Eisner. Fuck off, no way. Yep. He's short, petulant, wants to fuck all these princesses. <laughs> they base the look off of it. No fucking uh-huh. way. Uh-huh, look at Michael Eisner and look at Farquaad. Doing it right now. I also, because I, I knew that his name was supposed to be Fuckwad. Yep. That's why he's called Farquaad. It's Fuckwad. Oh my god, I don't even have to look at Farquaad. I see it already. That chin. It's the, chi- it's it's the, the chin. jawline. It's the jawline. It's the chin. It's the lips. It's the eyes. It's the, it's the everything. See if you can find young Michael Eisner, and it's so scary how much he looks like Farquaad. Y-O-U-N-G? Young Michael Eisner is my favorite rapper. Yeah, oh, I love young Michael Eisner. Holy fucking shit, that is unreal. Yeah. That's fucking unreal. He looks like a douchebag John Favreau. Yeah. Hot. I'm into it. So Shrek went on to, like, destroy the box office, and it pretty much solidified DreamWorks as the new Warner Brothers Mm -hmm. um, for a while, and then they started to seep down, and then they did something really interesting, I think. They realized that they could make genre movies. And that's what they did. They just made kids' movie animated movies that were genre. Kung Fu Pandas, all these grindhouse kung fu movies. How to Train Your Dragon is high fantasy. They did Megamind, which is superheroes. They did you know, uh, Monsters vs. Aliens, which is really underrated. And it's all like MST3K sci-fi and, and stuff like that. Uh, and then Disney, so they're doing really well. DreamWorks is doing really well. Disney yeah. went on to close its traditional animation studio with a couple of films in the works that I was really looking forward to, such as a Mickey, Donald, and Goofy movie. They're not doing that anymore. And after Frozen, they're back to making bonafide hits. Frozen was aight. It was aight. It's not as good as Tangled. Also, Let It Go, everybody thinks that it's that Katy Perry song, but it's actually Always I Wanna Be With You. Hold on to the night. Wait a there second. There will be no shame. Tom, oh, wait, Tom, I Tom, Tom, yep, Shrek 5, fuck, wait, are you fucking, are you fucking with Shrek me? Shrek 5, 2019, fuck off, no, fuck you, did you just find that out? Just found that out, hold on, hold on, hold fuck on, fuck off, fuck you, fuck off, fuck me, fuck everything, I hope it's good, there was originally going to be five Shrek movies, there's always been a plan to be, they've just made it on June 15th, okay, oh yeah, yep, 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 so I don't know if you know this, but NBC Universal bought DreamWorks, so Comcast owns DreamWorks now, and they've announced that they want to do a new Shrek movie to kind of restart the franchise. Oh, good. Yeah, that's what Shrek needed. A soft reboot. Are they going to have the same voice actors? I guess. They're all still alive. Yeah. Well, Shrek's just going to be, like, wicked fucking old, and Donkey's going to be, like, super washed up. Well, that ends my story. Eisner and Katzenberg are still working. Getting on their grind, you know? Dollars and cents. That's what it's all about. Yes, I'm going to see what Eisner's now up to. So he's, he was the CEO until 2005. And now... Oh, God. He hosted a talk show called Conversations with Michael Eisner, which was canceled. Yeah, he's not doing anything. He's just chilling. Let's see what Katzenberg's up to. Well, I, they just sold DreamWorks, and he's been an active part of Barack Obama's campaign. Oh, he's still going to be the head of DreamWorks New Media. So he basically gets to do whatever he wants. Good for him. He deserves it. And that's the story of Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg. That was great. I loved it. I learned. I loved. I lost. This has been Media Majors. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Yeah. We love all of you. We do. All all of our subscribers. Wait, we don't say goodbye yet. Uh, Do you have anything to plug? Oh, I do have something to plug. Yeah, you just released something. I put out a, a video Wait, analysis. can I plug your video? Because I already watched it. Yeah, you plug my video. You're probably going to be better at it. So Tom Tom uh, put out a very funny and very entertaining video about the game Inside, but mostly it's about uh, Marxism, specifically just 
how you can make a game about the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie. Yep. And it's funny, interesting, and our podcast is in it. Yeah. Uh, very briefly at the end. Yeah, of course. And it opens with you, Burt Reynoldsing, on your bed, which is the best. You fucking better believe it. So, yeah, go watch that. It's a lot of fun. I hope to be in Thank future you. videos next time I'm in town. Dude, dude, I have so many ideas, and I would love to do some shit with you. Let's awesome. Let's do a collab. Love it. Yeah, can I'll 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 plug I'll plug for you. Yeah, I have some more stuff than usual to plug, but go for it. Give me the things to plug for you, and, and I'll. I I I today. feel bad for not plugging uh, one of the things, because <laughs> I haven't plugged my other podcast on this podcast, so I'm just gonna quickly do that. All right, go for it. Uh, I do a podcast with my friend Eric called Shmanime. It's the first, po- first podcast I've done for the longest, and I never upload it, but it's really fun, and we have episodes out, and I will be uploading it soon. But listen to that. Subscribe to that. All right, Tom, plug other stuff for me. Liam, also, you write for... You write for... You, you, what is the thing that you write for? Because you've talked about oh. not finishing articles, but there's... Oh, you, you write anonymously I write anonymously you... for something that is involved with my college. <laughs> so, so that's the worst plug. I write for this thing. I can't tell you what it I is. I can't tell you. Can't tell I you. can't really tell you what it is because we say a lot of mean stuff about the faculty. But you could figure nice. it out. I've talked about it before, probably. Light them up. Liam also does a fucking fantastic sketch comedy series on YouTube called Boys Night. I highly recommend it. I It's... He does it with his uh, roommates, compatriots, his his friends, his fellow comedians, and it's fucking awesome and hilarious. Thank you. Search Boys Night on YouTube. Boys Night Video. Boys Night Video. Boys Night Video on YouTube. He also does stand up. Apparently, I did. You, did. you do stand up at open mics. You did it. You did it. Was that your first open mic? It was. That you did it was my first that I did last night, uh, and it went really well. So if you maybe in the future you'll see me at a better open mic. Yeah, so Liam Liam Senior Schmanime. Oh, follow Boys us. Night follow us on Twitter. We have Twitters. Follow them. We're funny. Follow us on Twitter. Your Ohi Liam H I H A I. I gotta fucking change it. Just find it's Liam Senior. You'll find it. I believe in you. Just for me, search Tom Tom Lockney Thomas Lockney on Twitter. L O U G H N E Y, because I have a fucked up weird Irish name. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's me on Twitter. If you want my cool hot takes on shit, um, so yeah. Also for the inside video search, Chaboy explains inside. <laughs> Very happy with that. How it turned out. Do you have any articles coming up? Well, I always I always try to uh put up a companion piece to these podcasts. Ooh, so nice. if if you're interested in uh maybe different or more details uh in a in a written format for my stories, uh. Just Google search Thomas Lockney Game Informer. It'll take you to my blog page. Or or if you want to go by my username, 666musicman. I made nice. it when I was like, made it when I was 12, y'all. Per- I made it when I was perfect, 12. Perfect. And I can't change it. You shouldn't. It's, like, it's literally it's like perfect. Tattoo. Awesome. So yeah, that's uh, that's those, that's our plug. That's our podcast. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for tuning in. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Bye. Later. Have a good week, y'all. We'll be there.